You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. And thanks again for downloading the show. Today's edition, we'll be talking about the William Hill Sportsbook projection for BYU. They're over under number. A bit surprising, I think, for most BYU fans. We'll talk about that here in the first segment of today's podcast. We'll also let you hear from BYU defensive backs coach, safeties coach, Preston Hadley, on today's edition of the podcast. He's very high on his position group and for good reason. He's got a lot of senior leadership returning to that position group. Will you hear from him in the second segment and then we'll also catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. Roni Jones-Perry and Team USA winning another gold medal. You'll also get an update on how Summer League went for both Eric Mika and Elijah Bryant as well. So a lot to get to on a Monday edition of the Locked on Cougars podcast, but let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for July 15th, 2019. Hi guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for downloading us on a Monday edition of this show. A reminder for you, this podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Himalaya Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher. Everywhere, like I said, the podcasts are available. The Locked on Cougar Pod, Locked on Cougars podcast is there for you. Please follow along. Give us a good rating and review if you don't mind doing that. But let's get going on today's edition, talking about an over-under number for BYU with the William Hill Sportsbook. Of course, quote-unquote, talking season has begun in earnest today with SEC, Big 12, and AAC media days kicking off. They go through the next week or so with Pac-12 media days wrapping things up on Pioneer. Day, July 24th, so a full week and a half ahead of college football news coming from other conferences, but of course BYU had theirs just about a month ago and got things really rolling, but now they get started in earnest. So a lot going on there, and William Hill, which dubs itself the largest sports book in America, put out their over-under win totals for all 130 FBS programs over the weekend, and I was quite surprised to see this list when it came out, when it came to BYU. They have BYU at over-under 5.5 wins entering the 2019 season. Um, I understand that BYU has a tough opening slate with those four Power 5 opponents we've talked about multiple times, but I feel like there's like maybe, well, okay, there's at least three automatic wins built into the schedule. I'm uh, UMass is on that list in my mind. Liberty and Idaho State should be wins for the Cougars. Uh, of course, BYU faces off against Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington to kick off the season. They have a game against Toledo, a road game against USF, Utah State, who they're trying to get some revenge on. Boise State's also always a toss-up when it comes to BYU and the Broncos. And then San Diego State also on this schedule. I think 5.5 is too small, and I know William Hill put the caveat that odds are subject to change. If you're a BYU fan who is of a betting persuasion, this is just my tip. Go get that 5.5 and put the money on the over. That's just me. I, I think the BYU is going to clear that number real easily. I don't think that uh, William Hill did a lot of research when it comes to BYU, and they probably don't really care all that much because BYU probably isn't a huge draw in their sports books, like maybe an Alabama or a Clemson might be, etc. But still, to see BYU at 5.5 really uh, kind of 
just made me boggle, boggled my mind. It, sh- it made me shake my head. I'm like, what are you thinking? You're it's, it's easy money if you're looking uh, for uh, if you're looking for a bet to go out and put on BYU for a futures bet. I guess you should say an over under number on wins. Go get that 5.5 and take BYU on the over. Um, some other lines that came out from William Hill in terms of BYU opponents this coming season: University of Utah, who are, we are 45 days away today, and we'll talk about Alema Pelimai, who is our church and state player countdown profile here in a moment. But Utah, who BYU opens up the season against in 45 days, is slated at over under 9.5 wins. A little bit surprising there with the Utes being one of the darlings of the offseason, a team that fans expect or media expects to really challenge for the Pac-12 title, make a run at the Rose Bowl. That was kind of a surprising number. Boise State is scheduled for 10 wins, which is extremely high for me with a return without a returning quarterback and running back. You heard from B.J. Reigns on Friday's edition of the podcast talking about that. And if you didn't hear it, you can go back and listen to that podcast. It was on Friday's edition of the show. We talked with B.J. Reigns from the Idaho Press Tribune, and that's a huge number there. Uh, and also San Diego State had slated for eight wins in their own right. They're looking for a bounce back season from Rocky Long's squad this coming season. Tennessee, who BYU faces in week two, has slated over under of seven wins. And then Washington, BYU's week four opponent at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, slated at 10 wins. So William Hill, if you're a betting person, there's a couple of these I would go out and take the under on and maybe the over on. I'd take the under on Boise State. I'd take the under on Washington. Utah with that 9.5 wins, if they're as good as they're cracked up to be that people are saying, you probably want to take that over. It's just an opportunity, I think, that William Hill maybe didn't do as much research as they should have done when it came to these college football betting lines. But of course, betting lines are always set to make money. They want to get action. They want to get people spending money in these sports books. So maybe it's a master stroke on William Hill's part to get people to start betting money and then they can really up those lines. But like I said, BYU at over under five and a half wins. If they have under five and a half wins, guess what? We're probably looking at coaching changes at BYU again. Do you want to really want to see that? I don't think so. So I would go take BYU at the over under five and uh, five and a half and take the over on that. That's just me. All right, let's get to it. Our player profile today in our church and state Holy War countdown series is number 45 sophomore tight end slash maybe linebacker down the road. Alema Pelimai. He is from Tustin, California, played at Tustin High School, served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and recently returned from that mission. Uh, plans to study sports marketing in college at BYU, but Pili Mai was an elite athlete out of Tustin High School. Didn't necessarily have an ideal position that you projected him towards in college. Came to BYU originally slated to play a linebacker, but during his time before his mission with the Cougars in 2016, ended up playing tight end for BYU, and that's where he is slated to start uh, the resumption of his BYU career this coming season. We'll see if he's able to get into shape and really contribute to BYU this coming year. He wasn't the biggest guy when he was at BYU before his mission. I think 6'4", 200 pounds. Uh, The roster here says 6'4", 205 pounds. So not ideal tight end in terms of girth. And you want tight ends to be 230 plus, 250 pounds ideally. A guy like Matt Bushman is almost the epitome, the spitting image of what you want a tight end to be in the modern day and age of college football. But Alema Pelimai comes in and will be looking to really carve out a role for himself. The tight end group for BYU, is really 
stocked with talent in my mind. I think they're going to be set for the foreseeable future. Uh, Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick really want to utilize that tight end group to really uh, bolster BYU on their offense. It's a difference maker that BYU can have when they don't have elite speed per se at wide receiver all the time. Guys like Luke Andrada are coming into BYU expected to help take the top off a of defense. But the big uh, differentiator for BYU over the previous four or so decades has been their tight ends. They have had an incredible run of tight ends that have just been uh, key difference makers. You think of guys like uh, like uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, Johnny Harleen, uh, Dustin Smith back in the day, Gordon Hudson, if you really want to go way back. John, uh, Johnny Harleen with that epic catch against Utah will forever live on in BYU fans' minds. So Dennis Pitta, I, I forgot about Dennis Pitta, Tula Mealy, Chad Lewis. You think of all the great tight ends that BYU has had over the years. And a guy like Alema Pelimai has got to be looking at that and saying, hey, I really could make an impact and be a big part of BYU's offense. We'll see if he ultimately remains at tight end, if that glut of talent maybe forces a position change. I think he'd be welcomed back to the linebacking core. Like I said, Alema was a great athlete out of high school, uh, played some quarterback in high school, so he's a guy that can play multiple positions. And it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't pan out at tight end, he makes a move back to the defensive side of the ball. I think he could stand out there as well. So Dave number 45 as we count you down towards the Holy War. Tight end Alema Pili, my 6'4", 205-pound athlete out of Tustin, California. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back on the other side and catch you up with Preston Hadley, BYU safeties coach, one of my favorite people to interview on the BYU staff. Always a friendly face, always down to talk. Anything you want to talk to him about, and he's got a very stocked position group in his own right with the safeties of BYU. Four seniors on the roster that he expects to contribute in a large and meaningful way this coming season. So you'll hear from him next. Reminder for you guys, though, if your company wants to reach an upscale podcast audience, which is mainly male, then your company's uh, then your company should be advertising on Locked On Cougars. To get your company connected with our audience, email us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com or email locked at lockedonpodcast.com to get more details about increasing your business with Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. More in a moment, this is Locked on Cougars. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. I want to thank you guys for your continued downloads of the show. The numbers continue to increase, and I think as football season draws closer, it's not surprising to see those numbers increase. But I want to thank you guys who have stuck with us throughout the entire offseason. We are now just 45 days away. It is coming in fast and furious, and it is exciting to be a BYU football fan. I've said it multiple times on this podcast. I really feel like BYU is being underrated going into the season. I think none more so than by William Hill at 5 and a half wins really the over under for William Hill Sportsbook what do you think and it's easy money if you're of that persuasion so I would encourage you guys to check that out all right let's get to our interview on today's edition of the podcast had a chance to speak with Preston Hadley during BYU football media days last month like I said one of my favorite interviews 
amongst the coaching staff at BYU has some great thoughts on his safety group that has a lot of senior leadership coming back this year, led by guys like Dion Gonwoluku, Troy Warner, and Austin Lee. Guys like Sawyer Powell, Austin Kofensis also expected to contribute in a large part, and you can't forget a guy like Malik Moore as well. So let's get to it. Here's Preston Hadley with myself and some of the other media members at BYU Media Day last month talking about BYU safeties group. How much more hectic is this month become now that you have like recruiting visits that can happen, all the different things that have changed with recruiting. Shoot, man. My wife's about to leave me, man. Well, I was going to say, you just, got mar- you just got married, so yeah. she's like, dude, you're never home. <laughs> you know, been gone like the last like six weekends in a row. Hey, man. Hey, hey, man, you want to tell them about, uh, I-, I ain't going to go there. I ain't going to go there. <laughs> hey, dude, I just beat him in golf yesterday. I heard. I, he, it was on. It was on the radio this morning. He mentioned oh, it, and he was not very happy. Hey, because you know, like I said, I was just a pupil last year, you know. But hey, now you know, I'm out here swinging the rack, out here doing something, you know. So no, uh, anyway, sorry. The uh, I think uh, it, it's been a little crazy, but that's what we sign up for. Like we're building something here, like something, something big, and just if you look at what we did last year. Dude, we did some good stuff. Like, I, I think the the natural man sees seven and six. Okay. You know, but if you look at the the ground we've covered, like if you look into the details, look at like kind of like the, the small writing within that. Like, there's three or four games. Boise State, we're one play away from winning, right? And, I'm, and, and you know, like I said, we're, I'm not talking about just like moral victories or, or whatever. Like, wins are wins, losses are losses. But Boise State, we're one play away. Mm-hmm. Uh, NIU, like we got a chance. We're down three, have a chance to win, right? You know, came up a little short. Utah, doing what? When have? When does that happen? You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, we're doing some real stuff here. And, again, we came up short, yeah. but there's belief in the program. Like, the players believe in what we're doing. Like, the players know we can win and we can compete. And now it's just about learning to finish, you know, finish those games, like getting more competitive, more pissed off. And you're going to see some stuff this year. Like, again, like that, this season was – can't tell you how important the season was for us as a program. Like, again, for what Kalani's implemented here, like the guys are for each other. We got the we got veteran guys, guys who play a lot of football, and the guys know how to win. And they've they they've been in the moment now and knows what it feels like and knows now what we have to do. Say we had a lot of young guys playing who just didn't know, and that's part of that's part of the process. So dude, we're building something special. So like. Being able to go out to recruits and talk about our process, talk about what we're doing. Hey, like, we got some great, like, we got some good stuff. Hey, man, just work on that swing, bro. You know what I'm saying? First. <laughs> hey, I'm going to ride that out till I lose. See? Uh, person- yeah, yeah. yeah, personnel-wise, are you going to have Diane full-time? Do you know yet? Uh, I, I think, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, he can do both, so yeah. it's a good problem to have. I, I, I guess it will kind of be based on where the need is. You know, he played corn in the bowl game. Yes. And then he played safety the week before or the game before against Utah. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, it just it's just a need base, just kind of where he's at. But, I mean, he's one of our best players, and he's, he's going to be on the field. So How's Troy coming along? Troy's good, dude. Like, 
like, I mean, there's no such thing as having a bad off season. Yeah. But Troy's had a great off season. Like, one of our competitive advantages that, like, Kalani's always talking about, like, competitive advantage. So, let's go see. Uh, talks about competitive advantages, right? And, like, some of our competitive advantages here be where yours. Our guys are smart. Our guys love football. Like, okay, so how can we use that, right? So, Troy, one of our competitive advantages is we're doing wrestling this off season. Like, legit wrestling classes. Okay. 6 a.m. off season. Like, one-on-one, you know? Competing. And you where it came from, it came from uh, Mike Davis. Uh, and so... Dude, go just do do your homework and find some stuff on Mike Davis. He was kind of like an on the bubble guy in the NFL, and what was holding him back was his tackling. Anyway, and he knew that. And anyways, he did wrestling all last off season, and then a quote uh, a coach from an opposing team quoted like gave him a shout out. This guy is one of the best tackling corners in the country in the in the league because he did wrestling. You know, it teaches you how to, like, it, it teaches you how to finish on contact, you know, because tackling is the most important thing you do in football. And so, Troy's spent a lot of time, man, like, like I said, he, and he knows, like, he, you know, he missed some tackles that he probably shouldn't have. And, dude, like I said, the coach's job is to tell him, like, what he needs to do. And he's done it. And so, wait and see, dude. Did, did you send him up to your alma mater for wrestling class? No, I tried, man. I, I tried, dude. <laughs> I tried. Go to PG. Check yeah, it PG, out. man. But no, uh, but no, he he worked with just local wrestling coaches. And it was believe all and the whole group though, man. It's the whole group. You got all your corner, all, all your safeties all of them, man. and corners. Okay. Okay. D'Lo was there. Yeah, Malik, Oscar Fences. Okay, Dying. Don't mess with that guy. You know, uh, all of them, man. And so. He was a high school. He wrestled in high school. Yeah. I wouldn't mess with him. Like, yeah. like, I saw him like pin a guy. Like, we were just kind of like, free, yeah. you know, we'd go one on one. No one could pin him. You know, so, so that's like one of the things that we've been doing, and we'll kind of see how it pays off this year in our tackling. But that's our competitive advantage. So, just don't tell other teams. Right. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the two Austins, Austin Lee and Austin Defenses. They're coming in upperclassmen. You got a pretty senior laden crew as it is, but yeah. those two guys in particular, what do they offer? Them? So Austin, well, both of them, dude, both of them have been through some stuff. Yeah, like Austin Defense has been to like ten colleges. <laughs> you know, Austin Lee, like, yeah. like, dude, his his childhood school up at Utah, and he it just yeah. ended up working out, right? Is he grew up, yeah. and like, talk about a heartbreak, you yeah. know? That's hard, man. And so they both have come in and used those experiences and turned them into opportunities for growth. So Austin Defenses. Most improved player this spring. Mm-hmm. Most improved. Like, out of all the guys, most improved. Um, and he's going to do something this year. Like, he's going to help. Um, Austin Lee, like, we know what he can do. I just got done telling a girl here. Most underappreciated guy on our team. Sat here a year ago saying, watch for Austin Lee. I'm telling you, watch for him. And I can see the doubt and, like, no one – Every, all everyone want to talk about other guys, but you know, Austin Lee was the guy to watch for, you know, and, and he delivered. Mm-hmm. And like I said he's, I think he's underappreciated, and he does more for our team, not just what he does on the field, but just as a just as a human, he does more for our team than I think than, than people know. And uh, he's a big part of the reason we had so much success last year in defense. We were top twenty-five defense, like. We went from 105 in passes, efficiency, defense, which is the most important stat, mm-hmm. passing wise, mm-hmm. 
105 to 22nd. Like, Austin Lee, Dying, Troy, Chris Wilcox, D'Lo, Malik, all those guys, it's because of them and buying it, you know. So, said, dude, like, watch out for him this year. Like, those guys got a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> dude, freaking Oscar Fence is freaking rough, man, dude. Like, tell you, man, I need, like, if I'm going to a fight, shoot. If someone said something about my mom, I'm calling Austin Defenses <laughs> to come over here and you know, throw hands. <laughs> you know? So, it's my guy. Last thing for me, Malik Moore is one of the younger guys, but he's in that rotation. He made the move from corner. He's been training in safety. What do you like about his game? Well, Malik, like, I just told her this. Last year I said watch out for Austin. Yeah. Malik Moore. Watch watch for Malik Moore this year. You got like six guys, though. <laughs> dude, we got six. I know. That's what I'm saying. I know. But, like, dude, just, he's just going to find a way. I know. Austin, Austin Lee, Oscar Fences, Sawyer Powell, <laughs> Diane, Troy, and Malik. Like, okay. let's roll. You know, like, we ain't, we're playing anybody. You know, like, dude, line them up wherever. I don't care. Like, dude, those guys freaking can go. But Malik, man, he's a great combination of size, speed, athleticism. You can. I don't know if he was here or not, but if you look at him, dude, he looks the part now. Mm-hmm. He just came in a little pencil neck last year. Now he's looking like a man. <laughs> Rocked up, dude. He's six feet plus. Can run, and he can ta- now. He can now tackle, and he can cover. Like he is a guy. And uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna know about him this year. Like I can sit here and say this about him, but I, I get why the doubt because <laughs> he hasn't. You know, he yeah. hasn't. You know. Saying that, like, I just can't wait. Just come talk to me after a game at the end of the season. And just hit you with I told you so. You know, I'm just kidding. So but, you, okay. I know I said last thing, but are you going to be volunteering? Like, can we go four safeties on the field one time in your mind? Like, dude, I think we play with six. Okay. Like, shoot. That four-two-five. You're like, okay, I got all five in I the back. I think four-one-six. Okay. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> saying, dude, we got some dudes in there, man. I'm just, I'm just here. You know. Okay. I just kind of like. In the entourage, man. Like, I, think I kind of like point out a little here and there, like, just going, you know, like, hey, I think you should maybe do that, you know. But like, it's all them. Like, the credit is all to them, dude. Like, they, and this guy too, man. Getting the corners right. Talking about guys, man. We should run a four-one-six. Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. You know, DBs, boy. Two one eight. Yeah. <laughs> He's over here sitting here like count like two one eight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's eleven. <laughs> two back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two one eight. Two one eight. Yeah. But uh, for me to count to eleven, I gotta take my shoes off. Oh yeah, I'm like. Okay, no, I'm Hold really on. thinking. But no, I, in, in all honesty, like we got six guys who I trust in the game. Any one of them is capable of starting, and now it's just finding a way to to utilize their skill and talent. Uh, the best we can, you know. That's that's my role as a coach now. Is just managing. Not, do they know? Like they're good, man. And uh, so I just, I just happen to be the guy in this position. Right now. And uh, that's that's going to be the. It was hard last year trying to manage them. You know, because we had four really good ones, and now we got six really good ones. So we'll, just, we'll see how it goes, man. Like, I don't know. You'll see. What, you'll know when I know.
There you go. Preston Hadley, thank him for taking the time. You can tell he's very high on his position group, as he should be. Having four or five seniors contributing at one position should really help BYU. I think the safety group is going to play a large role on BYU's defense this year, especially early on, helping out maybe some of these younger linebackers in front of them, getting the calls right, etc. It's going to be imperative The guys like Austin Lee, Diane Gonwoluku, uh, Austin Kofensis, uh, Troy Warner, all those guys, Sawyer Powell even, all step up and help contribute to BYU this coming season. And I think those safeties, they may not see the eye-popping statistics of BYU safeties previously, like Andrew Rich, Aaron Francisco, etc. But I think all of them will see time and should be able to contribute at a high level. So Preston Hadley's got to be feeling good about his group, and you can tell he's pretty confident in them this coming season. And we'll see how it all plays out for the Cougars on defense. But they've got goals of being a top 25 defense once again, if not better than that. And there's pieces is there to build upon. The safety group is one of those. Once again, thanks to Preston Hadley for taking the time to talk about his safeties as the upcoming season draws closer and closer, just 45 days away. All right, we will take another time out here, come back on the other side, catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. a good showing for Roni Jones-Perry and Team USA in the Pan-American Cup. We'll recap that for you, as well as a quick rundown of how uh, Summer League played out for both Eric Mika and Elijah Bryant in the NBA Summer League. That's all coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. B- before we do that, a reminder for you guys, when you guys are driving around to or from work, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Cougars, and we'll be right there with you for the drive, keeping you up to date on everything going on in BYU Sports News. Once again, when you get your car, whatever you're doing, whenever you're driving around, just plug in your smart device. Tell it, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and that way you'll always be up to date and be the smartest BYU fan in the room. All right, more in a moment. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast. As we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, we want to run down everything else you need to know about BYU sports real quick. We'll start off with BYU women's volleyball. Former BYU outside hitter Roni Jones-Perry in the United States down to the Dominican Republic in straight sets to win the gold medal at the Pan American Cup on Sunday. The U.S. cruised to their pool play last week, losing just one set in wins over Colombia, Trinidad and Tobago, Mexico and Puerto Rico to qualify for the semifinals. They defeated Colombia again on July 13th, Saturday, before de- defeating the Dominican Republic. Republic yesterday in the gold medal match. So fantastic showing for Roni Jones, Perry, and Team USA. I've said it before on this podcast over the past week or so that BYU women's volleyball is having all kinds of imprints on Team USA and international volleyball. And congratulations to Roni Jones, Perry, on this great showing. Uh, Former BYU All-American Alexa Gray also played it in this cup event with Canada, finishing sixth overall. But Team USA won their third straight gold medal and Roni Jones, Perry, having a big role on that team. She actually led uh, BYU against Trinidad and Tobago with 14 points on 12 kills, a block, and an ace. So a great showing for her, and congratulations to her on that gold medal and Team USA all the way around on winning that gold medal as well. Uh, of course, NBA Summer League action wrapped up uh, over the weekend in large part. There's a championship game today, but it does not involve any former BYU Cougars. So recapping what happened in NBA Summer League, the final game for the Milwaukee Bucks and Elijah Bryant saw him get a DMP CD, which you know is a 
did not play coach's decision in their 99-84 loss to finish summer league action uh, for the Bucks, losing to the Portland Trailblazers. So I think Elijah Bryant made an imprint in this NBA summer league. We'll see if it results in maybe a two-way contract in the NBA or his decision maybe to play in the G League this coming season. But a guy like Jimmer Fredette, who confirmed yesterday, as I tweeted out on my Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch, has confirmed he's going to play for Panathinaikos over in Greece and Athens in the Euro League. A guy like Elijah Bryant definitely could see an uptick in terms of the money offered to him overseas with this solid showing he put on at the NBA Summer League. International teams are always in, a, in attendance at these events, and it was a good showing for him in that tournament, even though he didn't play in the final game. Eric Mika also participated in the NBA Summer League for the Sacramento Kings in their final game, which they lost 98 to 96 to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He played 18 minutes coming off the bench, shooting five of six from the field, added uh, seven rebounds in all, one assist to go along with 15 points. He was third on the team in scoring in the in their. Uh, finale for the NBA Summer League. Similar to Elijah Bryant, I feel like Eric Mika really showed some things here. Of the two, if you were to ask me which one has a better opportunity to stick in the NBA this coming season, it's probably Mika. I think he showed a little bit more, a little more diversity in his game, but I think both of them have earned themselves some money with their showings in the NBA Summer League, so congratulations to both of them. We'll update you on what they decide to do with their career going forward. But like I said yesterday, breaking news that Jimmer Fredette confirmed he had signed a contract with Panathinaikos in Greece and will play in the EuroLeague this coming season. Should be interesting to see what Jimmer can do in the top league outside the outside the NBA in the world playing for one of the most renowned teams in the EuroLeague speaking of Panathinaikos. They're only, they have billionaire owners there in Athens and they put a lot of money into that uh, team and they expect results. So Jimmer has an opportunity to make another impression for BYU in another league. So we'll see what happens with him this coming season. Alright, that'll do it for today. Thanks again for joining us. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 15th, 2019. Reminder for you guys, download the show on all the major podcast platforms. Please give us a favorable rating and review. It really does help us out in terms of getting the word out about this podcast. We're almost a year into this venture and it has been an absolute privilege and an honor to bring it to you. And also please follow the show on all the major social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can follow us locked on Cougars. You also can follow me on my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. We'll catch you tomorrow. This has been locked on Cougars for July 15th, 2019.